them simple questions that we think, well, was this? that's an easy answer. Let me answer it. But not if we are honest. Not if we'll get completely honest with each other and, and, and really uh, uh, be straight up in our heart. I ask the question, number one, why do you go to church? Why do you go to church? Now, I know what the technical answer should be. I know what the right answer should be. I, I know, I, well, we should go to, uh, you know, and, and you, could just, you could write a whole paragraph of that. But the question is, why do you go to church? Why do you go to church? Do you go because your grandpa went and because your mama went? Do you go because you're afraid of what somebody's going to think about you if you don't go to church? Do you go because you are supposed to go to church? Why, why do you go to church? Why did you wake up this morning as cold as it was outside, get dressed and get, get ready and come and show up and come through the doors? Why are we here today? Do we come for a, a, a mode of entertainment? Do we come for a, maybe, maybe a sense of a pick-me-up? Maybe it's just something that helps us get through the week and, and uh, it goes and there's some exciting singing and it's, and it's upbeat and, and it helps me get through the day. Or do we come to adore Him? Do we come to worship? I was, I was reading and studying this chapter. Man, I, I had a couple things in a couple directions I wanted to go with this series and, and man, God wouldn't let me do it. I was, I was reading, and, and, I, and I, was so, I was so engaged in the, the search of these men. Uh, this, the, they had come from a long journey. Some, some experts, some uh, 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 historians really believe that, that they started their journey the moment that the star appeared. So uh, some believe that they had been traveling for two years in search of this child, in search of this baby. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, I, there's three things about worship that I see in this chapter that I want us to get that, that's really important to us. It's really important to us. How many of y'all want to learn something today? Raise your hand. How many of y'all want to be a better Christian today than you were yesterday? Pay close attention. Number one, I want you to see their pursuit. Write that down. I want you to see their pursuit. They were searching diligently diligently for this young child. Look in verse number 1. The Bible says in Matthew 2, verse 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now how would they, how would they even know this? I mean, why, why is it important that we, we come to him? Because you cannot worship somebody you do not know. You cannot worship a stranger. The Bible says, the Bible says here, and we're talking about pursuit, we're talking about seeking him and searching him and looking for him. Jeremiah 29, 13, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. All your heart. All of your heart. Are you looking for him today? Philippians 3.10, Paul said this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to know him. Paul said the most important thing is not my popularity. It's not my fame. It is not my retirement program. It's not what people think about me. The most important thing, the most important thing in my life, the greatest pursuit that I have in my life is that I may know Christ in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to know Christ intimately. I want to know everything about him. I want to know all his power. I want to know all his glory. I want to know his person. I want to know what makes him tick. I want to know what he thinks and how he thinks. I want to know Christ. 
We are going to pursue something. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just telling you right now, we are going to pursue something in our life. The question is, what is the object of our pursuit? Do we pursue Him? Are we looking for Him? Listen, I, I hope today you came to look for Him. I hope this week you have been reading your Bible and saying, God, show me something today. Show me something that's going to give me lasting satisfaction. Show me something that's going to finally give me peace in my heart and joy in my soul. God, give me something that this world is lacking. Give me something that this world cannot give. I've looked for it all over. I've looked for it in everything, and I am lacking. God, show me you. They came searching. They were pursuing. They were diligently searching, diligently looking. But what was involved in their pursuit? It's so easy. And it's so great. Because it's the same thing that you and I have today. The first thing that was involved in their pursuit was the Scriptures. The Scriptures. What, how would they even know? How would they even know? I mean, Honestly. How would they even know? The first thing they said when they came into Jerusalem, hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews. He was born. Y'all heard of him? Y'all know where he's at? And it's amazing to me, the Jews didn't even know what they were talking about. Hey, we've heard that the king of the Jews has been born. What? What? Yeah, really? Now, how would they know that? How could they know that? Well, you see, the Magi was, was very... Had, had a close relationship with the prophet Daniel when Daniel was taken into captivity. And God gave Daniel a revelation. God gave Daniel uh, the writing so they, they would know. And they prophesied specifically when the prince would be born. I believe it's Daniel 9, 24, 25. Daniel prophesied the exact time of the prince's birth. And they knew. They knew because of the scriptures. They knew because of the Old Testament writing the exact time of his birth. Now, it just happened to be that the exact time of his birth, this bright star appears. Because you see, the Magi was experts in, in astronomy. They were experts in mathematics. They were experts in history. They were historians. So all of a sudden, when this great Messiah, this great prince was to be born, when this, this promised king from God in the Old Testament scriptures, in the Old Testament writings, when that time come, all of a sudden, there's this bright star. <gasps> Could it be? Let's go see. We know he's supposed to be born. We've read this. And by the way, when they showed up in town, when they showed up in town, this is what they asked. Where is he? Isn't it amazing? I, I, now I've got an imagination, so it, sometimes it gets carried away with me. But I've got to imagine, I've got to imagine that these guys coming to town expecting everybody to know exactly where he was and that they had been worshiping him already and they were already happy and throwing parties and throwing uh, festivals because this man, surely they, they've done seen him. Because the first thing they said, where's he at? Isn't it amazing that strangers knew but God's people didn't? And it wasn't because they couldn't, because watch this. They said, where is he? The king went to, the, the, king went to the, the scribes and the Pharisees and said, all right, where's he supposed to be born? Well, according to the word. Did y'all get that? Where'd they go back to? The scriptures. Do you want to know Him? Do you want to worship right? Do you want to worship in a way that fills you with joy unspeakable and full of glory? Get your Bible. They referred back to the Scriptures. Well, according to the Word, He's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. 
Well, that right there should have that should have started a trampede. They should have they should have stampeded down to Bethlehem. They said, "When you find him, let us know." That sounds like a bunch of churches, don't it? They went back to the scriptures. You know why we're having a hard time in churches today getting people to worship? They don't know him. Because they don't know the Bible. Let me, let me encourage you with something. Let me encourage you with something. And I'm not trying to be mean. I, I'm just trying to be honest. I, I, want you to, I want you to bring your Bibles to church. I want you to get a Bible. All right? I want you to get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, Brother Kendrick, stand up and stand right in the middle of that, that aisle right there. Turn around and face him. If you do not have a Bible... This handsome gentleman will get you a Bible. You see him right after the service. Will you be here? Will you be right after the service? I want you right here. I want you to see him. Give him your name, and we will, I promise you, we will get you a Bible. I want you to have a Bible. Well, preacher, I've got it on my iPhone. What if the battery goes dead? I don't want it on the iPad. I don't want it on the iPhone. I want it in Scripture. I want it in writing. Because, see, one day electricity may go out. One day the iPhones might go, Mine, mine's messing up right now. I don't, it'll call China on its own. I don't know why it's doing that. <laughs> Pay that much for something. Something ought to work. Say amen. But, I mean, if that thing malfunctions, I'm, I'm, I'm without a Bible. Get a Bible. Do you realize people have been martyred and crucified and burned at the stake just so they could have the Bible in print to get it to you? We should appreciate our Bible. We need to learn to love our Bible. We're supposed to be creating disciples in this building. I'm not here to attract a crowd. I'm here to develop disciples. The word disciple means a student, a pupil, a learner. You cannot be a student without a textbook. I want you to have your Bible. We're going to start learning the Bible. I'm going to start breaking it down. We're going to go right to the beginning. We're going to start a, a, a study of who God is. I want to know God, and I want you to know God, because the more you know God, the more you're going to love God. And they knew the scriptures. They studied the scriptures. The scriptures is what led them and, and, and taught them that there was a Messiah. And the scriptures is what influenced them to worship. But not only the scriptures, not only were the scriptures involved in this pursuit, but then there was a, there was a star. Say that with me. There was a, a star involved in this pursuit. This, this is amazing. This is great. This star... When they seen it, let, 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 me, let me read it. Because, see, I, I, I have to believe, I have to believe that this star is a great type of the Holy Spirit. It is a great type of the Holy Spirit. Now watch, watch what this Bible says. And your Bible says it too. In verse number 9. In verse number 9. Are y'all with me? Y'all still, y'all ain't mad at me, are you? Are you iPhone people? iPad, iPhone. Help me. Seriously, I, I'm, 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 not, I, I'm, I'm cutting up about some of that, but listen, get your Bible in print. Seriously, that, that thing will go dead. It will malfunction. Get it in print. I want you to have it with you. It's hard to go to battle without your sword. Amen? It says this, And when they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east, what it do? Say it again. How many of y'all glad the Holy Ghost will go before you? Woo it went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. I hate it when God gives me stuff early. Because then I got to wait all week to tell you. Man, I was sitting 
and thinking about this and and, 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 and there were some things, I, even, even this morning, I was sitting at Jack's this morning and God was giving me stuff and, boy, if we could just get this, it would, cha- I'm telling you, it would literally, and you hear it all the time, oh, it's going to change your life. If you shave with this shaving cream, it'll, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if you will get what I'm saying right here, it will literally change your life. The Bible says that this star went before them. They followed the star. They learned from the scriptures, but they were led by the Spirit. And the Spirit will always lead you to the same place. And that is at the feet of Jesus. If you are pursuing Him, you will find Him. And when you land at the feet of Jesus, the Bible said they rejoice with joy. Hallelujah. Exceeding great joy. You know what's wrong with most Christians? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength, and you don't have no joy, therefore you have no strength. That's why the devil is beating you up. He is beating, I mean, he is curb stomping most Christians today. And they have no joy, there's no excitement, there's no desire to go to church or have anything to do with God because they're getting beat to death because they have no strength. And they have no strength because they have no joy. And the reason they have no joy is they're pursuing the wrong thing. If what you are pursuing doesn't land you at the feet of Jesus, I'm telling you, you're running after the wrong thing. If you, listen, what you are pursuing does not land you at the feet of Jesus, you're not going to have any joy. You're not going to have any peace. You're not going to have any satisfaction. Yeah, you may have a temporary, a temporary happiness. You may have a temporary, a spike in pleasure because the Bible says there is pleasure in sin for a season. But when that sin is done, it'll always bring death. It'll always bring devastation. It'll always bring destruction. But if you ever fall at the feet of Jesus, I'm telling you there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. It is joy that the world can't take away. It's joy when you're broke. It's joy when you're sick. It doesn't matter your circumstances. At the feet of Jesus, everything is alright. Hallelujah. Now I can't breathe. It led them to Jesus. You know what we're doing? We're running after everything this world has to offer. We're running after wine, women, and song. And because of that, we're unsatisfied. With that, we're not satisfied with our life. We're unhappy with our life because we're pursuing the wrong thing. And when we finally catch it, and you're going to catch it, you don't want what you've been chasing. It's like the Bible says, it's like a man who takes a dog by the ears. All right, now I got it. Now what in the world am I going to do with it? Oh, but if we pursue Him, if we pursue Him, I got a new dog. Yes. (laughs) But baby, Gabe went with me. So he's part of the blame. We was coming back from Georgia. We was in Rome, Georgia. And my phone rang, and I seen it was Tammy. I said, I said, Gabe, you're the proud new owner of what's in that box in my truck. Before I answer this phone right here. Y'all know I love coon hunting. I was so excited, so jacked up. I mean, I was just pumped up. Oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be great. Me and Gabe and Alan McReath went coon hunting. I was so excited. Cut them loose. 
she run around like she was a puppy. I said, this is not supposed to happen. The other dogs went in there and treated a coon, and she was just proud to be here. She looked like Minnie Pearl running around. I'm serious. I'm not, am I making this up, Gabe? Am I making this up? They treated a coon, and, 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 and they harvested the coon, and, and I was, I was going to see if she would. She was scared to death. Took out running. I said, oh, oh, oh. I just sold two dogs to buy you. This is not supposed to happen. I was in a depression. That night, they said, oh, it's all right. Don't worry. She's like, yeah. I'm telling you, I was in a depression. Tammy, was I... That night, Tammy said, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. Because I didn't want to admit to her why I was in a depression. <laughs> the very next night, I went. The older gentleman wanted me to go. I'll go. I guess. Take this old dog about. I don't know. They got in there. They got in there, and all, all of a sudden, we just heard treeing. Just boom. I mean, they was treeing every breath. I mean, shaking the acorns off trees. Say amen. I mean, they just, ow, 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 ow. So you couldn't tell what was what. And I was going in there, still in the depression. Lord, please let my dog be there. Please let my dog be there. Please let my dog be there. Oh, Lord. I come over top of the hill, and I shine the light, and, there was, and, and I had the only white dog in the bunch. All the rest of them was black. And I, on the side of that tree, there was this white dog. How, 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 how. I said, woo, woo, I went from a deep depression to joy unspeakable and full of glory. In a matter of hours. I took her last night. She went back to Minnie Pearl. Here's my point. If I'm pursuing that for lasting joy and satisfaction, I'm in trouble. Now, I use these illustrations for me. I'm not picking on nobody, but you're chasing something. And you keep, you keep finding yourself empty-handed and miserable. Because what you're pursuing don't land at the feet of Jesus. Now, I'm not going to go commit suicide because my dog ain't acting right. That's my hobby, and I, I love that. But you know what? My, my pursuit is Jesus. The whole night last night, I was, please, Lord, let this go good. Lord, Lord, this morning, please let him see you. Lord, please show up. I want to feel your presence. This morning, God, I want to feel your presence. From the very beginning, the early service, God showed up. I'm pursuing him. And if I pursue him, I'm going to have joy regardless of the economy, regardless, regardless of my human relationships, regardless of anything that goes on in this world. I'm going to have joy. Because the pursuit of the right thing brings joy. Are you all with me? Their pursuit involved the Scriptures. Their pursuit involved the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always lead you to Jesus. It was through the Scriptures that they learned. It was through the Spirit that they were led. And I want you to see this. I want you to see this. The Bible says that they, when they got to the place, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They were happy. They were excited. They were high-fiving. They were, Kind of like we do in the worship. 
We get excited. Man, those songs jack me up, man. When she starts singing, he come about that grave because he loved me. Bless God, I'm ready to run. Because I believe it. Half y'all don't get excited because you don't really believe it. But you ever get to the place you believe it, it'll crank your tractor. And it's exciting. Man, we have that sense of excitement. But then there comes a place in worship. Now get this, don't miss this. The Bible says when they came in, and this is the phrase that arrested me, that captured me. When they saw him, their whole demeanor changed. They were out here excited, woo! High five and rules. Yeah, we got it. We've, it's journey. It's real. It's really real. But when they saw him, the Bible says this: they fell down. We saw their pursuit, but I want you to notice right now their posture. John said this, he must increase, but I must. Here's the deal. When we get into his presence, we're not going to be high-fiving, we're not going to be chewing gum, we're not going to be telling jokes. We're going to reverence him. Because, see, the pursuit of God will bring joy, but the presence of God will bring reverence. An honor, an awe, an awe. See, we've lost the awe factor in church. The awe of God, the, the breathtaking understanding of who He is. And the reason we don't have that because we haven't been pursuing Him in the Scriptures. But the more you study Him, the more you read about Him, the more you know about Him. Their posture reflected their awareness of who he was. Do you realize the Bible says in John chapter, uh, or excuse me, in, in Revelation chapter number one that, that the Apostle John, the Apostle John was the closest to Jesus here on this earth. He had an intimate relationship with Jesus. He was the dearest friend to Jesus. I mean, Jesus turned his mother over to him when Jesus died. He said, now look, I want you to take her and take care of her. John would lay his head on the chest of the Lord just to hear his heartbeat. They had such a close relationship. But the Bible says in Revelation chapter number 1 that when John saw the resurrected Lord, he said he saw eyes like fire and feet like brass. He said a garment snow white. He said, I fell at his feet as dead. Humble. Reverent. Are y'all with me? Worship means to bow down. Worship means to fall prostrate before him. And that has more to do with our physical position. It has more to do with our heart's condition. Man, that's good. It's not as much about our physical position as much as it is our heart's condition. Are we coming humbly to bow to Him and submit to Him? When you obey His Word tomorrow at work, you're worshiping Him. Amen? They fell down. He, they was in awe. Isaiah 6, when I, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. There was glory. He just said, whoa, it's me. Peter, when he saw Jesus perform the miracle in his boat, he said, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Do we have that kind of awe and respect today? 
Or did we come into this building half-heartedly with a spirit of entitlement? I tell you what, the spirit of entitlement in America is about to make me sick. The government does not owe us anything. We are responsible for our own lives. We have that mentality and we come into the house of God and say, Okay, God, I'm here. I got up this morning. Bless me if you will. All right, I'm here begrudgingly. I know I'm supposed to be here. What? He is producing the very air that you breathe. He is keeping your heart beating as I speak. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. He's the creator, we are the creation. And we're going to come with that attitude. No wonder we don't worship. I'll tell you what most of our problem is. The one we're worshiping is the one in the mirror. And I, I said, we. I'm putting myself right there. I need to decrease. He needs to increase. They bowed down and worship Him. We see their, their pursuit. We see their, 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 their posture. They humbly bow before Him. Then we see their presence. The Bible says and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child. You know what? I, 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 you know what we need in the house of God today? We need people to see Jesus. Not, not, not a good trio. Not a great choir. Not a dynamic speaker. Not, not a great band. Not an enthusiastic children's program. We need them to see Jesus. You know what? You know how we pick churches today? Okay, what do you have? What can you, what can you provide for me? What do you have to offer? It's not based on is the presence of God in that place. It's not based on the fact that when you go in, you're going to see Jesus every time you get there. Man, we don't need this whole world to see programs. We need them to see Jesus. Because when they saw him, it affected them. Man, I want, I want you to see Jesus today. I don't want you to say, oh, what a choir, oh, what a band, oh, what a... I want you to say, oh, what a Savior. What a mighty God we serve. If all you leave today and see is our church and what we have to offer, we've failed miserably. Oh, what a God. And because of their awareness of who He was, they brought some things to Him the Bible says when they opened their, help me, when they opened their treasures. I want you to see the pattern, the pattern that these gifts, these presents reflected. When they opened their treasures. The Bible says where a man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. Let me ask you a question today. In this, Did you give from your heart? Do not come in this building and think that you can worship without a willingness to give from your heart. 
Because worship is all about giving. See, we have got this attitude. We have got this attitude because we've, we've said this. We've said this, preachers and leaders. I've heard it my whole life. Come to get something. I want you to come to get a blessing. Come to receive a blessing. Come to receive, you know, and, and, and that's great. And I come, I, I'm going to get something when I get here. I am. I'm going to receive a blessing. I, I've, I've already received a blessing. I've already received some learning that God taught me when I was preaching in the first service. I've already done that. But that's not why I come. I come to worship. And worship is about giving our best to what we treasure. Did you hear what I just said? Worship is about giving our best to what we treasure. The reason they opened their treasure is because they were offering something to the one that they treasured so much they spent two years looking for Him. And we come to God and we give Him leftovers. We come to God and we give Him leftovers. We'll scream and holler at the ball field and we'll come in here like a knot on a log. We'll stay up half the night watching TV and come in here with boogers in our eyes, half asleep, and just, okay, all right, I'm here, all right, do what we can. Are you serious? He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Prince of peace. He is the, he is the glory of all glories. He's the honorable one of heaven. And we come in here with leftovers. Worship is about giving from our treasure but the connection there, I know what you're, it's all about money. I knew it was going to get the money directly. No, 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 no. You, you missed it. Where your treasure is, there were your... Did you sing from your heart this morning? Did you praise from your heart this morning? Did you pray from your heart this morning? Did you give from your heart this morning? Did you dip into your treasure today? Did you sing with all of your heart? When I, you remember the first verse I quoted today? I will be found of them that seek me with all of their heart. See, worship is not about contemporary music or traditional music. It's not about whether the lights are bright or the lights are dim. Worship is about our heart. Worship is about our heart. And honestly, honestly today... Have you worshipped from your heart? Have you worshipped from your heart? Or you have, have you worshipped from a sense of tradition and about how Papa always did or how Mama always did? Listen, the pattern that these gifts reflected, but then I want you to see this and we're done. I want you to see the person, the person that these gifts reflected. The Bible said they gave gold. Gold signified Jesus' royalty. What's more appropriate for a king than gold? Frankincense represented his deity. You see, the frankincense is what they would take. It was the incense that they would, they would put on the altar of sacrifice there, in, or the burnt offering in the, in the altar in the, in, the, in, the, in the holy place. And they would put that incense on it, and that, that odor and that smoke would go up to glory and go up to heaven. And that represented his spiritual deity, that he was God. He was not only king, but he was God. But then they brought the myrrh. Myrrh was used in the anointing and the embalming. And that represented his destiny. He was king and he was God. But one day, as the Lamb of God, he would be a sacrifice. I ask you this morning, do you know him?
Did you come today to worship Him or did you come to go to church? Did you come and say, let me hurry up and get out of here. Let me, let me, let me come so I can get on with the rest of my day. Or are you pursuing Him? Are you pursuing Him? Did you come to worship? Because I'm telling you, if you're pursuing anything but Him, if in your chase you land anywhere but at the feet of Jesus, you're going to be a miserable human being. And you're going to be like Solomon, and you're going to be left empty-handed. And all God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name, I love you today. I love you. God, I pray for that one here that just needs prayer and encouragement. I pray for that one that needs a turnaround in their life. They need to start pursuing you instead of pleasure. They need to start pursuing you instead of popularity. They need to start pursuing you instead of every other thing that the devil has to offer. I, I need some folks that's willing to pursue him right now. Say, preacher, I just want to worship him. Well, just come on. Come bow before him like the wise men did. Let's just find a place in this altar and let's bow before him. And I want you to pray from your heart. Maybe the first time in your life you've ever prayed from your heart. And I want you to tell him this morning what he means to you. Every individual that will, find a place in this altar. And let's just worship a minute. Just tell him what he means to you. Tell him what you feel. Speak to him today. Worship him. Let's glorify his name. Let's worship him this morning. Father, we come before you. I love you today. I pray that you'll move in this building. I pray that you'll move in these people. God, we're all running after stuff. We're all chasing the dream. We're running after everything this world's dangling out in front of us like a carrot out in front of a horse. And God, we never can get to it. We never can reach it. And it always leaves us empty. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll please help us to find your feet. Help us to find you. We want to be in your presence. We want to be where you are. Help us to search the scriptures. Help us to search the scriptures and be led by the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray your will be done. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet.